Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Dr. Nefertiti Noel. And I'm Darren Noel. And you've tuned into Relationship Wednesday. Um, today's topic is, are you in love with a cheater? And we just wanted to talk about some of the complications. I mean, as you know, we got to be talking about relationships, every aspect of them. And one of the things that happens a lot in relationships is cheating, affairs, adultery, um, all types of things like that. And what we want to help people do is kind of deal with what happens if you fall in love with someone that's a cheater? They cheated on you, or you guys got together cheating, and now that you're together, you kind of see the same signs um, with him now that he had when he was cheating on his first wife, and you're trying to figure out what to do about that situation. So my background is I am a full-time um, clinical therapist, and I run a thriving private practice right outside of Chicago, Illinois. And my background is in corporate America. And I specialize here in the one associates in resume consults, mock interviews, and life coaching. All right. So a couple things I want to say. One is if you have questions for the show tonight, our call in is 323-693-3835. Again, 323-693-3835. If you want to, um, if some of the issues we're talking about today or have talked about in the past that kind of strike you and you feel like, wait a minute, I really need to get some additional support. Look us up at www.noelandassociates.com, N-O-W-E-L-L, and associates.com, and we will kind of help you figure out which direction to go. You can set an appointment with someone and uh, take a look into getting some further care. Yep. All right. So are you in love with a cheater? Darren, what do you have to say about this? You know, it's a, it's a, a problem that I say I think, a, you know, a decent amount of folks have in marriage. That, that there has been some infidelity that uh, people have to decide whether they're going to stay or, or leave. You know, that's kind of the first thing when infidelity happens in a relationship. The main question is, are you going to try and stay? Are you going to try to salvage the relationship? Or, you know what, that's it. We're just going to move on part ways. So that's kind of the first thing I think people need to decide on uh, when infidelity happens in a relationship. First of all, what is infidelity? You know, everyone kind of decides that a little bit differently. For some people, it's just the sex act. If you have sex with another person outside of your marriage, that's infidelity. For other people, it's if it's an emotional affair or not, were you sharing emotional information with someone else um, that's not your spouse? For other people, it can be like a friendship that goes over the line and they feel like that's um, a betrayal, that's infidelity. So I think, first of all, the first thing is what is infidelity? What is the deception? What's going on? Um, that either one of you could consider that cheating. And that's something that, you know, Darren, I always tell folks, talk about a lot of this stuff before you get married. Yes. So I'm going to tell you that if you're in a not married yet relationship dating, you all need to talk about what infidelity means, the the clear definition that each of you all have for infidelity. I mean, it comes down to now, you know, with social media tech, sexting, right? That's big now, you know. In your relationship, talking about the folks there, in your marriage, okay, are you would you Blog Talk Radio
Good evening, and thanks for tuning in to Relationship Wednesdays. I'm Dr. Nefertiti Noel. And I'm Darren Noel. And we are here tonight to talk about your relationships. Darren, could you please remind our listeners and our new listeners especially what you do? Yes, my background is in corporate America, and here in the world Associate, I focus on life coaching, career counseling, mock interviews, and resume consults. All right. Um, I have a long history in working in therapeutic settings, so I've worked uh, in hospitals, I've worked in consulting, and I also do private practice right now. Um, I am the lead clinician at Noel Associates Counseling Firm. We, I run a uh, thriving, actually, private practice in Chicago, Naperville, and right now we're digitally everywhere. Absolutely. So, you know, our purpose tonight, let me just give you a little bit of background about why we do Relationship Wednesdays. Relationship Wednesdays is really about helping people thrive in every aspect of their life. And the biggest things that everyone has are relationships, Right. So whether or not you're married, you still have family. Whether or not you have family close to you, you have a work relationship. If you're working somewhere, then those people expect you to behave a particular way. Um, And those are relationships there. And we are really relationship-heavy and wanting you to be relationship-savvy. Yeah, and the further along you go, the more impactful those relationships can be in your life. Mm -hmm. And the more critical it is that you have good working relationship with family, coworkers, whatever the case may be. You know, as you get older, you get more, more advanced in your career, how you, from a corporate standpoint, how you interact with people, able to encourage people, communicate with people, becomes that more important and impactful to your success in your career. Absolutely. And I think one of the things is if we look at very um, successful people, they've managed to, in some ways, um, make their relationships solid, even if it's in just one area of their yes. life, right? But what we want you to do is figure out a way to have successful successful relationships, excuse me, in almost every area of your life. Yep, absolutely. You know? And the best way we can do that is to help you think differently about the way you interact with people. Um, so tonight's topic is crucial conversations, things that you should talk about in your relationship before it's too late. If you've listened to the show for the past five years or so, you realize or know that Darren and I talk a lot. Um, First of all, we're married. Yes. Um, This year will make 19 years years for us being married. And um, we're also, we work. We're also a part of uh, different religious congregations. Like we've got a lot of relationships going. But one of the things Darren and I always talk about when it comes to intimate relationships and also in friendships is to have some crucial conversations that set the boundaries of the relationship before you get too intense in the relationship. Absolutely. Expectations, what are you expecting from a relationship? What am I, what am I, what am I going to bring to the relationship? What are you going to bring to the relationship? And make, make sure everybody's on the same page so there's no misunderstandings. We also talk about you don't just have relationship discussions in the beginning of the relationship. You have those discussions all along the way because – uh, people, we are living, right? So we always yes. make changes, make choices, make things change. Um, things get better. Sometimes things get worse. And we want to see you have these conversations. So today's topic is talking about some of these crucial things in your relationship as soon as you can before it gets too late. Now, tonight, we're going to get some of our information from a website called Couples Counseling Today. And they, they talk about courage, compassion, and connection. Um, but here at Noel and Associates, we talk a lot about empowerment, and they're talking about um, some some crucial conversations that couples need to have. And so first, I want to kind of go through the stages of a relationship, because in the very beginning of a relationship, um, things are really, really, really good, and for the most part, right? 
And there are about five stages of relationship. We talk about the first one being attraction, the second being romance, the third being passion, the fourth being intimacy, and the fifth being commitment. Now, one of the things that we do realize is that people may not always operate in these stages. Sometimes people put the the attraction and intimacy first before they get the passion or commitment. I mean, sometimes the stages don't get done right, and I think that's why some of the conversations don't happen. Absolutely. When you jump ahead, you know, you have folks becoming intimate on within the first week of meeting, so you really don't have a time to get to know the person where they stand, let them know where you stand. But guess what? Once you do that, bonds are, bonds are uh, built at that point in time. At that point, it's kind of too late to kind of back out sometimes. And now we have emotional connection. We can't really go back. We already have some kind of connection. So it can cause opportunities or challenges in a relationship. And it can definitely change thought process. When you, how you manage these five stages and when they come up for you um, can change the way you think about something. So if you jump directly from attraction to intimacy, you may not have a chance to talk about some of the important topics that are important to you. Uh, or to both of you all as, as as a couple. And so we just kind of want you to be thinking about these things. And then one of the things we want you to remember that no matter where you are in a relationship, you've got some choices to make. Um, you can cont- continue the relationship and move forward. You can kind of stay stuck. You can slow down a little bit, or you can leave a relationship, right? Right. And, go ahead. And, you know, you need to be communicating with your partner where you're at in, in your state. You know, hey, I think we're doing well. Hey, you know what? We're having some problems. You know, I feel like I need more from relationship. You know, it's a little bit too intense for me right now. You know, communicate that with your partner where you're at and mm-hmm. let them know where you're at and be open and honest about it and allow them to be open and honest with you and give you their feedback. Absolutely. So let's talk about um, dating couples and some conversations that are really important to have when you're dating. And, um, and these, I mean, let me say this to you. Sit down and decide what's important to you so that when you're having conversations, when you're getting to know about somebody, that you can get this information from them that you need. And, I, and it doesn't have to be an interrogation. I was sitting in therapy with someone, and they said to me, Dr. Noel, it doesn't take 100 questions to get married. And I said, maybe it doesn't take 100 questions for you to get married, but it does take a lot of information for someone to make a decision if they're going to be with someone long term, if they're going to work with someone long term, if they're going to have children with someone, if they're going to make their commitment and be with someone for the rest of their lives, that does take some questions and that takes some conversation. And, um, and so here are some of those things. When you're dating, the main focus is trying to see if you're compatible and getting to know somebody. Yep. And what you're trying to find out, again, depends on where you're at in that relationship. Are you dating? Hey, you know, I'm just looking for some social, some social time. Somebody spent some time with. I'm not necessarily looking for a life partner at this point in time. So it, the questions that you're asking will vary, and when you're asking them may vary based on what you're looking for in a relationship. Okay. So, but some things you, you what you want to ask about is, well, how do you feel about ex-lovers being friends? You know, some people have a lot of uh, friends of the opposite sex, or they're still fr- or still still friends with ex-lovers, ex-boyfriends, ex-girlfriends. How do you feel about them still being friends with that? You know, hey. I really don't care for you still being hanging out with uh, the guy you used to date two years ago. You know, mm-hmm. I, I don't, I don't like that. Now that we're going to be together, I want you to kind of call that off or, or reduce the amount of time that you're spending with them on social media or in person, whatever the case may be. And I think we, like when Mary J. Blige got together with this latest husband, one of the things they both agreed is that they, they, each party would not have opposite sex friends, not like best friends that are right. opposite sex. 
And I thought that was interesting. A lot of people were kind of coming out against that in the tabloids. How could she say that? But I feel like if they were sitting down having a crucial conversation and they both agreed that this wasn't right for them, then that is perfect to be able to kind of Absolutely. put that out there and say we both agree on this type of a thing. And you hit it on the head. It's an individual couple's decision on these answers, what's right for the wrong for that couple. Every couple is a little bit different. Right, some people may hey, I don't we don't mind. Some people I I don't have I don't feel jealous at all. I don't mind you doing it. You know, I trust you. I trust the people you know. Whatever the case may be, some people may be on the opposite of all these different questions. So it's not necessarily a right and wrong for all these questions. But you got to make sure that you as a couple are on the same page. Absolutely. I think what else is very important is that finding out things like um, how close are you to your family. What's your relationship like with your mom and dad? I mean, that's another conversation to have while you're dating. And let me say this. Each generation is going to have a different set of crucial questions mm. to go through with their partner, right? So if you're 2021, 20, you may not be asking what's your debt ratio look like, right? <laughs> you may not be asking what are you thinking about for retirement. You, that's 45 years down the line. But you might want to – but this social media thing, like how do we manage social media, do we get access codes, those may become important questions. Right. If you're 50 and divorced and both of you all have two adult children and you're getting together – Talking about who are you leaving the money to the will to, those are important questions. How do you feel about children moving back into the house? Now, you know, we're 50-plus. We have, you know, just about adult children. You know, are you okay with the children need to come back into the house? Are you okay with that? If you, how much interaction do you want with the kids? How are you going to handle holidays? You know, well, I always, always need to go to their house. They need to go to my house, whatever the case may be. Those are conversations that you need to have. Absolutely. Will you be letting your mom and dad move in, right? Because if, if the couple's 50-something, parents could be 70-something. That's a big thing. They could be, absolutely. Yeah, they could be needing to, those baby boomers are now needing to sort of consolidate. That could be uh, interesting, right? And right. So, our, I mean, so it, you've got to decide where you are in life and what you want, right? And you've got to, do you have an STD, crucial conversation to have dating? Yes. I mean, so these are all, have you ever been in put perfect, it's a perfect one you want to know before it's too late. You want right. to know, but does a person have an STD, sexual transmitted disease, before you actually become intimate with that person? After you are intimate with them for them to find out that they have it, that's too late. Those are kind of conversations you want to have early on before you become intimate. Are you into open relationships? That's okay. another question because a lot of people are um, talking, heralding the greatness of hall passes and letting somebody have sex with somebody else. That, that better be, in my opinion, a discussion that you have before you get to intimacy and commitment. You better be asking, or not better, but you should probably be investigating where people fall on that on those categories. Also looking at what are, you, what are your religious views, you know? Are you a, a strong believer in any particular faith, are you moderate, you know, even when they say that, okay, I'm, I'm a Christian, I'm Jewish, I'm Muslim, okay, well, what does that mean to you? Mm-hmm. Does that, you know, you talk to five different people who say they're Christians, they're going to all give you five different answers what that means to them. So, okay, you help me understand where you're at, but what are your actual specific views on topics and things of that nature? Okay, where do you st- where do you stand on those things? Where do you stand on premarital sex? Where do you stand on alcohol? Where do you stand on recreational drugs? You know, all these different things are pointed up. These days, where do you stand on legal drugs? I mean, because the times are so different. um, You know, I'm sure that my grandparents, who are like 80 something years old now, had a whole different set of questions that they were asking, right? Because she never anticipated working. So her asking about, will you pay all the bills in the house is a very different question than today, when it really does sometimes, in most cases, take. Everybody in the house working. The mom and dad and all the teenage kids have to get a job. You've heard this on couples, um, some celebrity couples, 
can't remember who it was, that, you know, the husband and wife got married. The husband wanted the wife to be, quote, unquote, a traditional wife, stay home, take care of the kids. But to the wife, you know, she wanted to be a, more of a career woman. Correct. Right? So you can't make that assumption. I think Jennifer Affleck said that. So, um, okay, yeah. I don't know her maiden name. Right. But, I mean, but her thing was she felt like she she pushed her career to the back burner because he wanted a traditional wife. Right. But that should have been a first-off conversation, especially when you have two fully functioning people, right? Like right. you've got to keep in mind that both parties in a relationship are, are functioning at their own level and have, have achieved, depending on what age you are, some degree of success. No, absolutely. And so people are wanting to maintain that. But let me say this. In your crucial conversations, one of the things that the website doesn't mention that I'm going to throw in that I say to my patients all the time, honesty is really, 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 really important, right? Ooh, okay. Because if a person is like, you know what, I'm going to say yes to being a stay-at-home mom right now, but I don't really mean it, and in about five years I'll spring it on them that I want to go back to work, that might not work out. Right. That's going to, that's going to cause, could cause some problems five years from now when that right. information is wrong. Or if, like, one of the questions that suggested that you talk about in, when, you're, when you're first dating is what's your one-year, three-year, and five-year career plans and goals, right? I mean, so how many times have I met women that said they met a guy, he was doing really, really well, um, and then maybe he stopped working because he wanted to, to pursue a career in underwater basket weaving, it didn't take off, right. he left his corporate job, but she didn't. Feel, she never really had that discussion with him about how he's going to deal with money. Then I have people saying to me, Dr. well, she's more concerned with money than my dream, but most of it is because the discussions that should have happened ahead of time never happened. So, hey, my plan is to work another year, build up some money, then I'm going to go chase my dream. I'm going to become an artist. I'm going to try my hand in music. I want to move to California and take a shot at acting. Well, that conversation needs to happen before we get married and buy a house. Correct. Because we're going to have to try and sell it in a year and you want to move. Or let's say your your partner wants to be a model or an actress and you say, listen, my religious beliefs are telling me that that's the wrong thing to do and I feel like you shouldn't be in a film where someone's touching you, so I don't really think I can chase you all the way to California, right? Absolutely. If you don't say that in the beginning, if you don't have that crucial conversation, you can end up with an argument down the road and, and quite possibly a divorce, right? Because when we talk about the big stars, we get to hear the intimate details of their relationship as they exit. Right. That's true. Right. You know, and then if you're having a conversation early on and somebody tells you, listen, they want to be a rapper, they went to law school, but their passion is really rapping and they don't really want to be in corporate America, well, you know that going into it, right, then you can decide, do I say? Right. And guess what? If that, if that person is successful, guess what? There's, you know it's going to be, guess what? Ladies, groupies that that person will have to deal with, say no to with their relationship. If that person is not successful, it takes a longer for them to get successful. And guess what? It's going to take money for them to create demo tapes, try and get with artists. You know, so they, you have to they got to the get process. the latest gear. Got to get the latest gear. They have to look the part. Mm-hmm. Okay. Or someone says, you know what? I want to advance in my career, but it's going to take me. Normally, when someone advances in the career, they've got to move three or four times. Mm-hmm. You know, the company said, okay, you want this next promotion? You've got to move. And, honey, we, if I want to continue with this company, my plan, I probably have to move every two to three years. We have to move to a different place so I can take a promotion. Absolutely. And that needs to be a conversation. So is, is everybody prepared for that? Absolutely. Absolutely. Other things to think about in the beginning stages of dating, uh, what are your views towards handling money? Do we like and respect each other's friends? Do we have the same idea about together time and alone time? Is my partner affectionate to the degree that I expect or need? So, I mean, and that's, these are oh, – go ahead. That's, that's a huge one. How, uh, acts of public affection. 
you know, how does that does that person feel funny? You know, I don't I don't you can't hold hands in public. I don't want you to kiss me in public. Uh, keep a distance. You know, for whatever reason that's their belief or or not, are, are you having the same level of affection uh, in public or in or in private that that you seem uh, that you want in your relationship? Okay, or you know what you know what I you know sex is that's too much sex or there's too much intimacy. Okay. This the certain amount of sex a week or a month is how much I think is, is reasonable. Any more than that is freaky, whatever the case may be. Or <laughs> anything less is you know uh, anything less than three or four times a week is, is unacceptable. That needs to have be a conversation, an open and honest conversation. And I think even before that, let's define affection and intimacy. What mm-hmm. does that mean to you? Is watching Netflix cuddled up enough affection? That could very well be because that's considered affection and intimacy as well. So just things to think about. Now, you fill in the blank for what's important for you. You know you better than we know you, right? Yeah. So you look at what's important for you in your dating relationship, what you've been through. I mean, everybody past a certain age, if you've made out of high school, you already got some dating baggage going on, right? So trying to figure out what are the best questions to ask for you, you fill in the blank there. Um, another stage is the kind of um, newly committed couples, right? Newly meaning that you've made the decision that we're gonna, I'm gonna be with you long term. So like you're you're engaged, you're engaged maybe, or and so I kind of feel like these questions should be asked before engagement. But you're getting close to that point. You want to start asking questions like, uh, if you're angry about something, how will you let me know? Yeah, which is huge in a long term relationship. I I agree with that. That's probably before you're getting engaged. Right? This is like we're pretty serious. Like I'm thinking about getting engaged. You know. We're having those kind of conversations that we're considering marriage. Mm-hmm. Is that that you know you passed several of the pre uh, tests, if you will, or, or uh, 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 yeah, test stages. You know, you passed those. I passed those. We feel pretty good about each other. We've talked a little bit about these long-term goals, long-term relationship goals, long-term career goals. Okay, we're getting pretty close to saying you know doing the pop in the ring. There's a couple of things I need to, to find out to make sure the I's are dotted, the T's are crossed. Yep. Um, if we're having problems, would you talk it out or keep it inside? Would you ever consider going to counseling? Are you going to tell your mother? Um, are you going to tell your friends? If we get into a fight, is it going to be a Facebook war? I mean, all of these are things to consider. Now, meanwhile, along the way, you're not just having discussions. You're looking at actions as well, right? right. Because somebody could say to you, and I've had people say this to me, they're mad at me, and I go, hey, you seem angry. I'm not angry. I don't get angry. I don't, you know, it's like, okay, so they may be telling you one thing, but as you're having the conversation and experiences, what data are you compiling as well? Right. Right. And again, all the while, as you get, you know, move forward in a relationship, you still have the same choices to make. Are you going to stay and move forward? Are you going to just stay stuck where you are? Are you going to slow down? Are you going to exit? You know, you still have that ability to ask those questions. Now, now moving on, some additional things that you might ask is, have you fully disclosed your health history, um, both physical and mental? That's, to be that serious, man, if you're getting close to that marriage engagement time frame, now, you know, this is serious. We need to almost have full disclosure. And if you're dating someone, are you going to talk about your all your physical history about you have a heart problem or you may or may not do that. Mm-hmm. But now if you're getting close to marriage, this is this is life stuff, right? Now I'm looking for a life partner. Someone says, you know what, I only have a year or two to live. What? You know what I mean? Or, you know, I have back. I have serious back issues, or health issues, or I have a history of mental health issues. I've been going to. I'm on medication for mental health. That's something you want to share with your partner so they can be prepared for that. And the reason these things are important is, let's say this. Let's say you say you you all want to have children together, and you find out that like every person in his family has has had a history of X Y Z, whatever X Y Z is. 
Those are big things to know. And sometimes you can be with someone that doesn't know their history, right, but at least you've started the discussion and maybe you can kind of find out and piece things together. There were definitely some questions I asked Darren before we got married that he answered as truthfully as he could, but he didn't have all the data. Then down the road, I find out that in his family there's this particular health concern, and that was a big deal for me, but now we're married. You know, and now you have to deal with those things. And so this is why you try to get as much information as you can, and I think that uh, the world is definitely changing that people feel like they know each other because they can look at each other's social media feeds, they can – uh, Snapchat each other. They can have, you know, some d- discussions over Twitter. Well, like everybody, they, you know, that's all oh, somewhat of a facade, right? You know, the pictures people post up is the best picture. I mean, take five different shots. Oh, this is the best shot. That's the one I'm going to post. Right, but I guess my point is not so much that they're self-selecting the best pictures. It's that the era that we live in now has a different idea of knowing each other than what our era was, and, and that yeah. we have to, you still have to have, you cannot forget that you still need to have these crucial conversations to solidify what you think you know or what you don't know. I agree. Well, I guess I, my point is I think sometimes social media is self-selective information needs to be posted. The comments of people, right. I don't think I, people are necessarily trying I don't to disagree with that. I'm making a very different point. My point is just that because of social media and we have constant access to each other on some level, people feel like that's intimate. Whereas we grew up in an era where we didn't have intimacy that way. Like I never, I, I didn't have an email to, well, I mean, we had email, but I didn't have a way to look at your life and your pictures and kind of sift through and see who you were related to. I, I had to learn you, right? And yes. so, and even when we're dating, we all present a little bit of a facade. And people will say, I don't do that. I'm always, I'm always me. But when you're first dating somebody, you we all know that we, best our best foot forth, our best clothes, our best attitude, our best behavior, we're not complaining about things. Like, and so when you first meet somebody, that's the best it's going to be almost. That's a, that's a great point. This is pretty close to that. They're oh, giving you, like, their stellar performance. Right. So if you have a lot of issues in the beginning, this is the best foot forward, unless they made major changes. Which could happen. And meaning through work, reading books, listening to tapes, taking courses, personally self-developing themselves. Purposeful, intentional self-development. It's not going to happen automatically when they just get better from that. Absolutely. If they don't make any work, that's the best they're going to be. And if you're asking questions now and not getting the responses you need, this is another reason that Darren and I always speak about having these conversations, is it tells you something about a person, how they respond to your inquiry. Mm, okay. You know, on both sides. On both sides to tell you something. If you're asking a young woman about her sexual history and she says the past is the past, that tells you something. Mm-hmm. If you're talking to a guy and he says, listen, um, I've never been, he's never been faithful before, but he feels like being faithful to you would be different, then that's something notable to know, right? right? Because one of those crucial conversations has to be that we're going to be committed and we want to be just one-on-one monogamous. Have you ever done that before? Right. Have you ever done that? Have you ever seen that? Are Are your parents married? Okay. Have your parents been married and divorced? Or they've been married a few times? So have you ever seen or been in any kind of a committed relationship? Mm-hmm. That answer could be no. It could be honestly and sincere. It's hard to say, I'm going to do this. But it, you have to realize it could be hard if he's never seen it or she's never seen it or they've never done it before. And so then that doesn't mean that you have to run, no. but it definitely means that you have some decisions to make. Yes. And, and the, I believe primarily, and I've seen this thousands of times with couples now in the past 20 years of, of providing clinical work for people, is that generally most of the reasons that people get divorced is because they pick the wrong person. Mm, okay. 
for the wrong reasons or the right reasons or for no reason at all. They did not do enough research, even if they were together. Like I've got couples that are living together for 20 years. They get married and they find out, man, I never knew that about you. Well, it's different when I married you, so now you see that side of me. So people didn't do enough field research to get the message of who the person was. And a long, I mean, back, I think when, like years ago, people used to say, well, men don't talk as much as women, so I don't expect to get those answers. But I believe you need to have an expectation of truth. And these days we have to ask, and we have to ask, what is your gender? Were you born um, genetically male or female, anatomically right. male or female? Are you choosing to be male? And I mean, so this is all part of medical history. Um, have you ever done drugs in the past? Like this is all part of medical history. And the, it's more crucial now than ever, and I think it's always been crucial, but it's more important now than ever to be actually able to have that communication with your partner so you know if you're going down the same road or not. How many times have you seen somebody who's died early and they find out why? Because, you know, early in their 20s or 30s, guess what? They, they dealt with drugs and uh, excessive alcohol. And eventually caught up, but they, you know, they changed their lives, got cleaned up, but they still in, in the fifties they had died. Why? Because what happened in their early twenties and thirties. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that, so you may be when I when we when we meet in terms of two people when they meet, that person may be look cleaned up now. Well, what were you doing ten, fifteen years ago? And and that's another reason why health information is important. I definitely asked Darren to get a full panel of STD tests, and I wanted to see every one of them. Sure. Because it's not so much that I thought he was a bad guy or ever did anything wrong in the past, but something could be going on he didn't know about. Like Fife just died from a, from a tribe called Quest. Yep. 45 years old, type 1 diabetes or type 2 diabetes. But but what if what if they had investigated his health history earlier? Right. What, I mean, so when you start asking these questions, you can even unlock information that you may need to know. That, you know what? I may need to change the restaurants we go to for food, the way we cook, Correct. I will make sure we eat healthier foods or something's going to help support uh, better physical health. Absolutely. The other things, um, do you have a clear idea of each other's financial obligations? Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.